In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Man, I want to, I don't know what's going on. Something in the shoulder. Huh? Yeah, I got a shoulder issue. Been cuddling weird? No. <laughs> no, no woman wants to cuddle with me. That's my shoulder issue. I got, I've been cuddling weird. How you cuddling weird? Aggressively. What do you mean? Aggressively cuddling. Aggressively cuddling? The Dude. whole point of cuddling is that it's not an aggressive act. You can't aggressively cuddle. That's like aggressively, uh, you know, uh, eating a snowball. <laughs> You know, I love the, both a an actual <laughs> snowball made of snow or the uh, wonderful hostess treat, mm-hmm. the pink snowball. Yeah, I love. I love snowballs. Oh, they're disgusting. I always take the marshmallow off the top of it, and then uh, then I eat it separately. Separate, but but they're they're equal. <laughs> Separate but equal. The snowball. That's how I do it. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Uh, we had um, last week's show. Curtis Sliwo was here, and Eric Reynolds was here as well. A lot of heated debate on the Top Hat page regard, regarding their racism mm-hmm. and overall uh, lack of concern for dead bodies. Yes, uh, those dead bodies being, uh, of course, uh, police related. But I want to say this about Eric Reynolds. I think that uh, it sort of disproves his idea, his notion that the NYPD isn't racist when he himself had a gun put to his chest by a white officer because he happened to be a black guy in a housing unit regardless of the fact he was wearing a suit and maybe may or may not have had his badge outside of uh, his uh, outside of his shirt yeah so anyway that's my one Eric Reynolds point that I I'm not sure if I expressed that clearly enough on the last episode but regardless irregardless that's not a word (laughs) that's not a word all right so we got a bunch of things that happened this week there was a spending bill that went through and a lot of people are very upset democrats are upset because there's some large bank thing uh, that occurred allowing banks to give much more money uh to uh to candidates and to politicians and they're super pissed because the cash they're going to be giving it's basically horseshit yeah well here's what's going on with the cash that they're giving so they've they've rolled back one of the key provisions uh, to the Dodd-Frank bill that was put out in 2008 after that big financial collapse that we had back then. I'm sure you all remember when you lost your job. Ah, yeah. I think everyone remembers that (laughs) when their lives got a lot worse. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on where you're working. Yes. You know, if you're working at Subway and you're a sandwich artist and then you show up one day and they're like, you're no longer an artist. You'd be like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> I'll go be an artist on my own time. That's right. <laughs> so what this uh, rule that they roll back, what it essentially is, like, first of all, let's talk about the FDIC. Mm-hmm. Way back in the 20s, during that huge financial collapse, you know the one that caused the Great Depression? Yeah, the one that caused everyone to have to start dancing to forget. <laughs> Was that what happened? Or the one that caused uh, shanty towns to pop up all over the United States, including many here in New York City, well, which Central those, Park, there were lots of shanty towns there. Without those shanty parks, without those shanty towns, Dick Tracy would have had no work to do. <laughs> so think about that. Dick Tracy, one of the greatest detectives of all time, mostly worked in the shanty units. Of course. So one of the reasons why so many people went bust uh, was mm. because the uh, money that they had deposited Deposited into these banks when the banks failed they lost all the money right so the people took a hit with the bank exactly yeah but after that one of the new deal uh provisions was the creation of the fdic okay which the fdic that ensures any and all deposits made by an american citizen mm-hmm. into an american bank in the case of a bank collapse 
Sure. So that money, that the deposit money, that is protected. You get that. You get a, all that cash. You can just throw it in there and not worry about it. Exactly. That money is protected by the United States government. Now, one of the provisions of the Dodd Frank law was that banks could not use that money to make risky trades. Okay, what do you mean like risky trades? Like derivatives. You know, derivatives. Now, yeah. What's a derivative? It's a no idea. <laughs> no idea whatsoever. I have no clue. You know, what a, uh, it's a derivative. It's, yeah. a, it's a derivative. Yeah. All I know is that it is no good. It's not good. It's right. real. It's real right, bad. Right, it's, right. it's a very risky trade. Just what what uh, is considered a risky trade? So basically, uh, City Bank uh, and J.P. Morgan executives they wrote this this piece of legislation that was jammed in uh, to the spending bill like a fat kid jamming himself into his football pants because his father is forcing him to play because his dad doesn't want him to grow up gay. (laughs) But sure enough, that boy turned out to be a Broadway star, Neil Patrick Harris. (laughs) Little known story about him. Before he was Doogie, he was a fat kid trying to squeeze into football pants. Exactly. Uh, So they stuffed it in there and they actually wrote... The banks themselves, and this is what has people very upset, and I'm upset because you can't, if you get elected to office, you're supposed to be the one writing the laws. You're the lawmaker. Yeah. That's how that's supposed to work. So these fat schmucks who are over there, they are too drunk and too lazy uh, to even write their own bill that would give banks more power than they've had since, what, 1919. Yeah. Uh, so these, uh, what these banks can do now is they can use FDIC-insured money mm. to make these risky trades. So if they make a risky trade and it doesn't pay off, say they lose a bunch of money. Sure, because the, they're investing in GAC, and everyone's <laughs> just like, Nickelodeon's GAC? That hasn't been popular since 1993, but there's some Jagoff who is old school, who's 50, 45 years old, who's now a CEO, and was just like reminiscing about the old days when I used to play with GAC. Let's invest $1 billion in GAC. Bring GAC back. Bring GAC back. It's terrible. But those are the... the, I mean, it's a far-fetched idea, but for all intents and purposes, that's what we're talking about. Bullshit, insane bets, risks. Exactly. So since the money that they're using that they're now allowed to use is insured by the government. If they lose that right. money, then the government has no choice but to bail them out. So this is just a really smart piece of legislation for them to put in if you're if you uh, Citibank or J.P. Morgan or one of these large institutions. It's a blank check. It's a ma- blank check, another great movie, <laughs> which is really what these banks are. These, these banks are the white blonde boy in the movie Blank Check. He got a blank check, and they're going to spend it all willy-nilly. But at the end, it's not going to have a happy uh, conclusion. He's not going to get reunited with his parents, and his dog isn't going to... He's not going to hear barking in the distance and be like, oh my God, Skippy's coming home. No, Skippy is dead. In real life, Skippy is dead because the family could no longer afford to feed him because the big banks screwed over everyone who invested in them. Absolutely. And this could actually lead to a, uh, this could lead to another financial collapse because if the uh, if the government can't bail out the banks, say one day, sure. it just gets to the point where we just don't have the money to bail out the and banks. And we don't have the money now. Yeah. We're trillions of dollars in debt. But let's just say that it comes a day when that's absolutely impossible for the government to bail out the banks. That means that the money that we have deposited into these banks goes poof. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like if your boat is sinking and you're trying to get the water out of your boat, but the bucket you're using to get the water out of your boat with is already filled with water. (laughs) You know, that's pretty much what's happening. Yeah. We have the, the government, the biggest corporation on earth, is desperately in need of money. It can't pay its own bills. And now we have a huge Huger, uh, not not a larger institution uh, necessarily, but equally large. Uh, that's going to be asking them to help. I mean, this is two kids with no arms trying to help each other out of a goddamn uh, hole. It's just going you know? right back to what got us into trouble in the first place. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It's doubling down on a bad bet because and, it, at the end of the day, it is a bet. What they're right, saying, of course. You know, ostensibly, what their argument is is that if these banks are allowed to trade, then they will make more money. Which right. it's it's more bullshit trickle down economics type of shit. And trickle down would have worked if people cared about each other, but <laughs> turns out we don't. And uh, and I think that that's okay in a lot of ways. But we're gonna have uh, roommate Mike. I've had him do some crack research on economics. So he said, "I want to be on the show more." And I said, "Well, you better learn something that Marcus and I know nothing about." Derivatives. Derivatives. 
derivatives. So <laughs> next week we'll have Mike on and he'll explain what derivatives are. And it's just going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's you know, going to be great. I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten on Facebook. Thank you for the nude pics, by the way. I'm sorry if I haven't responded to all of you. Um, but <laughs> that's fine. All of you. <laughs> One. Nonetheless, <laughs> it doesn't matter. What I am saying is uh, I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten on Facebook where everyone's just like, Ben, I love your comedy. Marcus is super smart. You guys have great chemistry. But could you bring up more derivative talk? <laughs> because I just, I need to know as much as I possibly can about derivatives of a hot date on Friday night. <laughs> and if I know skinny, beautiful, tattooed, covered, punk rock loving Samantha, she's going to want to talk derivatives. <laughs> but I don't know how to talk about derivatives unless I hear it come from you and Mr. Marcus Park. So, ladies and gentlemen, your, um, your concerns about lack of derivative talks will be answered. <laughs> We will we will uh, we will answer all of your questions about the very fascinating subject of derivatives. All right, but there's actually some more comical things. And as a matter of fact, um, Marcus and I found uh, a couple of these things that were jammed into the spending bill are actually fairly good. So yeah. there is some positive news that doesn't get a lot of uh, of credit or a lot of news time. The one that I think is absolutely ludicrous, though, the one that I think is the dumbest, is this wheat bread in lunches right this is mm. Michelle Obama you know obviously she it's a very everyone makes fun of her for being uh, concerned about health this is a very f uh, first lady um uh, you know, issue. Oh, it's, it's a, very, a very first lady. I, I mean, mean Hillary Clinton ran on a very similar thing, you yeah. know? I mean, it's or not better ran than, on, but when she was the first lady, she discussed very similar things. It's definitely better than Nancy Reagan's war on drugs. Nancy Reagan was the <laughs> only first lady ever to increase the prison population by double because of her war on drugs. Nancy Reagan was the worst first lady in the history of first ladies, and she looked like an elderly woman from the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> That was insane. You're right. Nancy yeah. Reagan was like first lady. She was she was like the she was uh, it, Reagan was the first guy. Yeah. She was the president when it came to the war on drugs. Yes, she was. Jesus, she hated those drugs. <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, what she's happened. Uh, popping prothenol. I don't even know if that's a drug. We'll say it is trip, <laughs> tryptophan. If that's a drug, that's what, the stuff in Turkey that, that makes the, you sleepy. Well, she was popping that, <laughs> slamming those things down. God knows what kind of pharmaceutical uh, medicine drugs she was on due to her arthritis or crippling spinal bifidus or whatever the hell she had. It was ridiculous. Her war on drugs. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, nonetheless. So, uh, Michelle Obama, she's taking some flack. Wheat, more wheat bread in uh, school lunches, which honestly, that is just not going to lead to a healthier lifestyle. These school lunches, I've seen a lot of photos of school lunches because people constantly post them. They're eating like prisoners. Uh, yeah, it's What awful. happened? The, the schools are so much more like prison now, and I think it's dangerous as a society because when people, you know, uh, graduate high school, and then let's just say they do uh, end up going to jail for some petty, uh, you know, they stole a stogie or something from a convenience store. They get hit with three and a half years because they got a public defender and they go to prison and they're just like the only difference is i don't have to go to class <laughs> i mean it's insane they're on lockdown ever since columbine marcus mm -hmm. you and i lived through this yes we did as soon as columbine happened schools were locked down and then as soon as all the um you know as soon as all the a lot of conservative uh policies stripping away the school lunches and then um you know, refusing to give cash. They're eating. I mean, the only difference between school lunches and prison lunches is that uh, you can't find a random shank <laughs> in a prison lunch. But hey. you can find it... <laughs> In a school lunch, because these kids are in there living like goddamn animals. Well, it's terrible. But, but the, the wheat bread isn't going to cause anyone to lose any weight. I mean, they're still eating hot dogs. Well, here's the wheat bread provision. Here's right. what the wheat bread actually means, is that uh, Republicans wanted to kill every single nutritional requirement that Michelle Obama, Obama had put into these school lunches. Okay. The compromise that they came upon was that instead of wiping it out completely, right. they decided to give local schools more flexibility on how they decided to include whole grain items on school menus. They're still eating Totino's pizza rolls. <laughs> Wheat bread is not the problem. It's all the, it, 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 it is, it's microwavable lasagna. Yeah. That's the issue. Wheat bread, just, it, it, it is not something, this is where government always messes up, and this is why I'm a libertarian. Adding more things doesn't help out ever. No. Maybe you should take away the disgusting food 
that is forced on these kids' plates, you know, and then change that over with something better. Like the whole, the main course should be something like, uh, you know, maybe even go back to the old school Salisbury steak with some fresh mashed potatoes. You know what? That seems like a goddamn, that seems like a healthy choice at this point with what these kids are eating. You can't just add wheat bread. You know what I'm saying? You're still, the main course is still a pile of dog shit, but they're like, well, add some wheat bread to it. It doesn't cancel out the dog shit. You know? No. I hate it. I'm actually with the Republicans. I get rid of the wheat bread thing. Who cares? That's the least of these kids' worries. Mm. They're cutting gym classes because they can't afford dodgeballs because they're getting no financing whatsoever. I mean, that's the issue. Adding more food, such as a wheat bread, isn't going to solve any problems. I don't understand it. No. It's anyway. absolutely awful. Man, when you uh, when you mentioned Salisbury steak, it just immediately got the taste in my mouth. Oh, I graduated great. from high school 12 years ago, and I can mm. still taste it like it was yesterday. One of the biggest mysteries in the entire world. We do a podcast, of course, that you all listen to and love. Last podcast on the left, we've talked about Bermuda Triangles. We've talked about... Um, uh, you know the the uh, flight what flight one eighty seven yeah you know these are mysteries still the largest mystery on the face of the earth the largest mystery that's ever happened uh, to civilization is where does Salisbury steak get those grill marks from <laughs> I've never been to a school that's had a grill and yet the Salisbury steak perfect yeah the perfect grill mark oh yeah. Where does it come from? There's a stamp at the factory. We follow that. We, we follow the Salisbury steak to find out where those grill marks come from, and we're going to meet our reptilian overlords. Ooh, here's another provision in the spending bill. Old-fashioned light bulbs still allowed. That's great. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so you, we're not, we're not going to uh, have the new energy efficiency standards that uh, where we could save actually save money and Good. save energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we're still going to be using the incandescent ones. I like the... I'm sick of these new light bulbs anyway. You like halogen? Nah, they're coily and weird. <laughs> Give me the old Edison. Oh, the old Edison. The huh? old Edison. I, by that, I mean the one light bulb that you have to crank really, really hard on the side of a huge wooden box that flickers occasionally so you can read your books and pen your letters to your long uh, mother, to your long away mother. Yes. it uh, be sweet. Also, farmers will get a reprieve from clean water rules. I think that's fine. Any breaks for the farmers, I'm for. These farmers have gone through hell with Monsanto and their uh, inability to run their own farm without the government coming in and telling them what to plant, where to plant it, and how to plant it. And it's uh, these farmers have had it very rough for a long time. So if they want to have dirty water, they can have it. I don't give a flying. But you know what? Who's uh, you know who's going to get it bad? Who's Who? gonna, who's about to get it real bad? The sage grouse. The sage grouse. Mm-hmm. What is that? Some sort of witchcraft? <laughs> Sage grouse? It sounds like something you uh, you you walk around a new home with to cleanse it from evil spirits. <laughs> nope. The sage grouse is a type of bird found in some western states. The Fish and Wildlife Service wanted to add the sage grouse to the endangered species list. Okay. But Republicans said that it ha- would have a negative economic fallout for energy companies who are developing resources in those states. So uh, they were like, let's save the sage grouse. And then the Republicans were like, no, no, we need their blood for fuel. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> More like we need their land for fracking. I see. Their land for <laughs> fracking. Yeah. And we'll get into fracking. Marcus and I will dedicate a whole episode on fracking. I'm, I'm uh, evolving on the issue. Initially, I was like, they're just spraying water into rocks. I mean, who really gives a shit? It seems like it's having some fairly negative yeah. effects to a lot of communities who are, um, their wells are getting full of poison. Yeah. And then you which saw, is not great. And then you saw the water get lit on fire and all the kids with cancer. Uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> I like fire water. I love fire water myself. So when I saw that, I was like, they got whiskey in the taps? <laughs> Holy Christ, what a lucky bunch. What a lucky bunch of folks, but we'll get into fracking later on. It's a very controversial issue, and the Republicans can't get enough of it. And one of the uh, most controversial issues in this spending bill is that wealthy donors are allowed to give more to political parties. Sure. This is a big thing. This is the one issue I have with it. I'm not sure if there's a correlation necessarily between money and actually getting elected. And I referenced it on the Facebook page, the Abe Lincoln's Top Hat Facebook page. Go and uh, join it if you haven't joined it. I think, you know, it's... It's a fun one, and everyone's talking about things, and then it, uh, of course, it devolves into, uh, you know, someone, um, you know, requesting, or someone mentioning how their balls look like Abraham Lincoln if you put a hat on it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that tends to be what it devolves to, but that's perfect. Yeah. Um, But you look at Eric uh, Bratt versus Eric, er, uh, I'm sorry, Bratt versus Eric Cantor. Mm Mm-hmm. 
um, out there. And uh, obviously, Cantor lost, and he spent so he was about ten to one, yeah. you know, uh, against Brett. And Brett was still able to win. So in these small congressional elections, politics are still so local. And Brett got free uh, advertisements through Glenn Beck and Laura Ingram and that uh, Laura Ingram gal. Holy Lord, what but, about her? Well. She's one of those. You know. <laughs> one of those? She's one of those people who was just like, yeah. you know. Hard-faced woman. Well, why is she talking? <laughs> she's not funny. And then, I mean, she makes some, she's one of these very, she's a very partisan person. Yeah. Dave Brett and Eric Cantor. Um, but Brett was able to unseat uh, Cantor at the time, who, of course, uh, he, he was the uh, minority whip. But is that uh, a fluke? Well, I mean, that's the question. So, I, uh, you know, I, I, but I'm, what I'm saying is you can, you can still win if you don't necessarily have the money behind you. And you look at the last election, it was the most expensive election in, the US, in U.S. history. Voter turnout wasn't uh, extraordinary or, 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 or anything like that. I'm not sure if there was a – you look at the, the case – in uh, North Carolina with Tom Tillis and Kay Hagan. That was the most expensive uh, Senate race in the history of Senate races, and voter turnout was still exceptionally low. And Tom Tillis, I mean, he, he barely uh, was able to pull it off, but I don't know if there's really a correlation between getting people to the polls and actually um, and how that, how that money turns into a vote. I, I don't know if there's uh, that much of a correlation between the two. Well, while that may be true, I think the biggest problem with this is that it, it says that uh, people or are, are rich donors are allowed to give 10 times more than okay. they can today to support political parties. So what so that So you're telling means, me this. We knew one guy who is very rich. He's a billionaire, and he lives in uh, Las Vegas, <laughs> Nevada, and his name is Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon. And who does Sheldon support? You know Sheldon doesn't support? Online poker. That's right. Uh, because that's taken away from his profits, and he's a total fat schmuck. But you know who he does support? Mr. Newt Gingrich. Of course. So you're telling me right now, Marcus Parks, because Sheldon can give 10% more than he was able to give in 2008 when Newt had a very, very, or 2012, when Newt had a very, very, very small chance of winning. <laughs> but nonetheless, still our guy. You're telling me now, Newt has a slightly bigger chance than a small chance of winning. <laughs> a slightly bigger chance. He's going to get 6%, baby. <laughs> Newt's getting 6% if he runs. What my point is, though, is that since they're able to give 10 times the money, the donors are going to have 10 times the influence. Well, that's right. As we always say, if you want to know what a politician's going to do when they get into office, figure out who the hell gave them the cash. Yeah. Right. So I think that's going to be an even bigger problem than, you know, whether yep. the race sways one way or another, sure. you're still beholden to your donors. You're beholden to your master, and that's where, you know, everyone doesn't, uh, that's why everyone believes that our uh, our uh, democracy is no longer a democracy, and the entire thing's falling apart. I forget the exact word for what uh, people call um, a technocracy or something like this. Plutocracy. Plutocracy? The, that would be a, a government run by business. There we go. Plutocracy. So that's where we're at right now. And a lot of people are uh, very livid about it. And that's where, I mean, that's what Occupy was all about. Yeah. People uh, are upset. Of course. All right. So they have 10, 10 times more money is going to be given to those politicians. And, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. If a politician goes in there dressed like Garth from Wayne's World when they were doing their advertisement bit... <laughs> For those that don't get the reference, Garth was wearing uh, all Reebok. Uh -huh. He was eating, I believe it was Domino's. It was Pizza Hut. Was it Pizza Hut? Yeah. Okay, that plays to my point. Boy, this is all giving me a headache. Why don't you take a Nuprin? A Nuprin. Yellow. Different. Little yellow. <laughs> Every congressman needs to be dressed. This is my new rule. Yeah. Every congressman needs to be dressed like a NASCAR. Yes. Like a NASCAR car. Yeah. You need to wear fuck the United States pin. You're no longer representing the United States. You're no longer representing its citizens, and you haven't represented the people that put you in that place ever since day one. So you need to be wearing the pins like a TGI Friday's waitress who hates her damn life. You need to be wearing your flair. So I want an Exxon Mobil uh, if you're a Republican. I want an SEIU uh, union. Uh, button. If you're if you're a liberal Democrat, I want to see. I want to know every single thing, every single person, every corporation that has financed your entire career, so I know how to vote and I know exactly what you're up to in there. Yeah. And one of the other uh, one of the other provisions that this relates to our next story is the Gitmo prisoners cannot be held in any prison facility in the United States. 
Thank God, that's a luxury for them. Gitmo compared <laughs> to San Quentin is a is a pleasure palace compared to a Sheriff Joe Arpaio's uh, jail over there in Arizona, where people go out to the sun. They go out in the sun. They hang out in the deserts in the tents. The sun beats down on them, and they're just in there for you know random crimes for the weekend. Yeah, there was a story about a father. Um, I believe it was. Uh, a suspended license. He was driving with a suspended license, and he spent three months in the camp. Jesus. I mean, this stuff happens all over the place. There was another situation, uh, briefly, uh, a little bit off topic here, but when dealing with officers, I mean, obviously, the uh, white cops killing black people, that's all over the news, and, and rightfully so. Black lives do matter. A lot of a lot of lives do. Yeah. The only lives that don't, Donald Trump's. Uh, that's what I, <laughs> Donald Trump's life doesn't matter. I think that that sign would sum up uh, everything perfectly. He's a shithead and a schmuck, and he has a terrible wig, and no one likes him, although his daughter is very attractive. And... Uh, Whatever. She, uh, I wish she was born with a cleft palate. <laughs> a cleft lip. If there was a God, every single one of Donald Trump's kids would have had a cleft lip, so then he would have murdered him at birth. But anyway, uh, what I'm saying is there was an officer in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, and this is different. Obviously, it was a white fella. Again, an officer in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and it was a white couple that he had pulled over. She was speeding because her boyfriend was having an asthma attack in the seat next to her, right? Uh. So she's speeding to the hospital. She gets pulled over. She's like, he's having an asthma attack. You can hear the guy wheezing, obviously very... Uh, Distressed, he, uh, you know, he was treated much like he. He sounded a lot like a Gitmo prisoner, uh, but he wasn't. Um, you know, he had no knowledge of any uh, of any uh, extremism. Nonetheless, the officer pulls him over, and she's like, "We got to get to the hospital." And instead of just getting him in the back of his squad car and cruising down to the hospital, he calls an ambulance, which takes nine minutes to get there. Uh. The guy dies. You know, and this cop is just like, oh, well, I followed protocol. And the, and the police department's like, well, he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, and it's like, no, common sense is gone. If you're an officer and you see someone having an asthma attack, time is important. Yeah. You know, that is like, that's a big, that's like if you are trying to join the NFL and you're running your 40 at the combine, time is vital. Yeah. And there's a big difference between five seconds and four seconds. It's if you make the cutter, if you don't, and there's a big difference between two minutes, which would have taken her to get to the hospital in nine and this guy didn't make the cut because obviously uh, he wasn't breathing for nearly 10 minutes yeah so these situations with the cops are happening regularly and we just have to have common sense officers need to have common sense again and uh, i'm sure a lot of them do once again but i mean but the department's like well he did what he was supposed to do that's protocol if you might want to change protocol if somebody died because they were following it yeah that seems to be about right. Anyway, so let's go back to the spending bill, Marcus. So the Gitmo prisoners, they're not going to be allowed to be uh, held in U.S. prisoners. No. All right. Well, that plays well into our next uh, topic. Um, this week, obviously, the torture uh, report was released, and uh, people are very upset. John McCain is a uh, he's a liberal for the week. <laughs> he's an honorary liberal for the week. He came out and uh, completely... Uh, it just berated the CIA for their for their activity and, and for the actions that they took against these uh, suspected terrorists. Yeah, you know, never confirmed terrorists. Not many of them, anyway. And obviously, John McCain, he's uh, he was extremely tortured. I believe that was Vietnam. Yes, it was. Where he was held, yeah. and uh, it was five years. Yeah, it's a reason why he can't put on a jacket by himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, good <laughs> thing he has like. Eight beautiful wives. <laughs> and it's Megan McCain. Oh, I yeah. love Megan McCain. A beautiful daughter. Eight beautiful bird women. Constantly <laughs> flapping. Oh, leave her alone. <laughs> Good God. But uh, so he came out and was completely against it. The thing about the torture memo... Not a lot of new information, but it's out there. It's official now. The CIA yeah. has taken uh, taken it on the chin. They they have admitted to wrongdoing, and they were just sort of um, still not exactly accepting responsibility. Marcus, you uh, showed me this amazing article by this Hayden, mm -hmm. by Mister Hayden, and his uh, his excuse for the torture that happened after 9-11 is really astonishing. It's it's on par with a child who got caught, uh, you know, taking a pee in the planter 
And his excuse was like, nobody told me not to. His name's Michael Hayden. He was a guy, he formerly led both the CIA and the NSA, and he did an interview with NBC News with Brian Williams, mm-hmm. and this is what he said about the CIA's activities, and generally the uh, military's activities. After 9-11, he said, I was in government for 10 years after 9-11, and mm-hmm. let me tell you, mm-hmm. a phrase I never heard from anybody in any position of authority Whatever you guys do about this terrorism threat, please, please don't overreact. Never heard it, Brian. So then they just started rectal feeding people? <laughs> I just don't get it. I, well, no one ever told us to not overreact. Well, no one really thought that you were going to be jamming hummus up people's buttholes <laughs> try, trying to get evidence of where the next big terror attack is going to be happening. Uh, not just hummus, but it was hummus. It was pasta with sauce. It was nuts. It was raisins. They were pureed and rectally infused into Majid Khan, a legal resident of the United States. Well, it's probably similar to something Kate Moss is putting inside of her body right now, or Giselle, <laughs> one of these supermodels. It seems like a cleansing type situation. It Maybe seems flush like it, it all out. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's. Okay, so rectal feeding is a thing that actually happened. Marcus, you didn't know about this until today. I didn't. This was one of the only things in the torture report that was new to me. Everything else I feel like has sort of like leaked out and trickled out yeah. and, and been reported on. But this rectal feeding thing. I'm really not sure how I feel. I mean, obviously, it's terrible. Yeah. And you can make jokes about how you know, it's... it's. I mean, you know, you can make at the end of the day, they're, <laughs> they're putting pasta... Like, if you're the chef, <laughs> if you're the chef at Guantanamo Bay, you've just made an amazing pasta dish, let's say. My talents are wasted here. Wasted. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's some of the best pasta we ever had. Grind it up. Put it in the blender. We got to liquefy it. I have no idea what they're doing with my pasta and my pasta sauce, but it seems to me as if they're wasting my talents have gone to waste, and no one's loving my chicken parmesan, eggplant, eggplant parmesan coming right up. This is one of the best I've ever had. Grind it up, put it in the twister machine. I mean, put it in the blender. It's insane that they were feeding these people like ducks. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Four gras. Four gras. Four gras, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, there was and all- now, we're now was, the, was this done as a form? Obviously, it's a form of torture. Yes. But was this done due to, um, from my understanding, it was when people would go on hunger strikes and things like this. This was the way that they, you know, gave them their uh, daily nutritional value. Uh, no, there were, there were lots of reports saying that it was not medically necessary. Necessary to keep these men alive. So these guys. Well, nobody knew what they were doing. It seems to me like, okay, yeah, and we're going to talk about that. The CIA literally sent over glorified interns who were just fresh out of whatever university they went to, Harvard or Yale or one of these Ivy League schools where people constantly told them they were intelligent and that made them a sociopath because they never had anyone say no to them in their entire lives. And then they get to the government and the government government sends them over to the place where the Lord of the Flies was filmed. <laughs> Gitmo. Yeah. I mean, these are just young CIA so-called interrogators who probably couldn't even, uh, you know, go on a go on a date without having the woman throw a glass of wine in their face. I mean, these are not personable human beings. So they just oh. yes-anded themselves like a terrible improv group called Rectal Feeding, which, by the way, is an amazing name for an improv group. If you have an improv group, you're about to start an improv group, call it Rectal Feeding. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions? Don't do it. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah. They're sending them to places called Cobalt and Black. Right. And by the way, Cobalt was nicknamed the Salt Pit. They should have just gotten more of a... Uh, they should have just... What? Netflix? <laughs> Is that what would have helped these people? It seems to me like you have a bunch of inexperienced CIA people, again, who are over there, and we do have to take into context the time. After 9-11, it was like bloodlust. And we're like, should we go after the Saudis? Because uh, 19 out of the 20 or so terrorists were Saudi Arabian. And then they were like, no. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, okay. What should we do? There's a guy who is running a country and keeping it relatively peaceful. Let's take him out. <laughs> and that, of course, was Saddam Hussein. Yeah. And he's a terrible tyrant of a man, but I can't say that Iraq is any better without him. Much worse. 
So we didn't go after the Saudis. We just wanted blood. We wanted to do anything that we could. And every single brown-faced person who was praying to a slightly different God than these evangelical Christian lunatics were considered the face of the devil. There was no sympathy for them whatsoever. These people were thrown away. The torture was happening for years before even the most liberal of reporters cared to talk about it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, this just that's what isolated, ironically, in Cuba, where that was probably the worst atrocity happening in the communist country of Cuba. And it was done by us, which that's not great. (laughs) I always like to say we should be just above Fidel when it comes to human rights. But we chose to lose that battle. So that's what I mean. These kids were just over there. No rules, no adults around. And the adults that were there were like uh, they were just raising raging sociopaths who didn't give a, uh, didn't care what these kids were doing. Well, here's in 2004, uh, we got an email from the CIA chief that was at the detention site, codenamed Black. He had a long, penned a very long email. By the way, I mean, Black? Black. I mean, like, okay, we need a codename for our site. What's the first thing you, what's the first word that comes to your head? Black. Uh, okay. We're, I was going to go with like, <laughs> you know... Eagle Star, or like something about like Talon Crest, or like you know, uh, you black. know, black. <laughs> what about something like uh, Washington's Crib? Black. black. Okay, we'll name it. Code name Black, because uh, obvious. Well, this is the last time I asked for a code name for my autistic nephew. It's uh, you know the only word he knows is black. You shouldn't have asked him a question about the code name. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. What do you want for dinner? Black. All right. All right. All right, so this uh, this guy, this is the email that he sent. He said uh, about the people that the CIA was sending him. He said, I am concerned what appears to be a lack of resolve at headquarters to deploy to the field the brightest and most qualified officers for service at the detention site. Over the course of the last year, the quality of personnel has declined significantly with regard to, debri- to, to debriefers. Mm-hmm. Most are mediocre, a handful are exceptional, and more than a few are basically Incompetent, he said. The result, quite right. naturally, is the production of mediocre or, dare I say, useless intelligence. Rectal feeding. Rectal feeding. Rectal feeding is the result of morons in charge and death. The Stanford University was it Stanford? The Stanford University study that was put on by the, the Stanford pro- Prison Experiment. The Stanford Prison Experiment put on by the world's worst professor, <laughs> where he took uh, individuals from the same class that were peers that were formerly friends, made two par- uh, 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 half of them uh, parole officers and the other half, or I'm not sure the exact. It was half uh, of them corrections officers, okay. half of them prisoners. Half of them prisoners. Of course, the corrections officers were about three days away from having their own rectal feeding program before they called the experiment as a complete and utter disaster. All they did was give them a little bit of power and these guys turned into complete and total psychopaths. So you have that done with a multiple years as opposed to just a few days and then you have 9-11 on top of it and you don't have a professor to call the experiment. Yeah. And the no information. The only thing that they got was false information that they were then able to identify as false that which then possibly led them to the truth that's what literally what the cia is saying yeah is that well they were just um uh, the cia head now he was just uh, he was just uh, you know talking in front of a senate committee and uh, he was uh, you know well we didn't get any information that was credible but we got some non-credible information that helped us get to the credible information which makes zero sense whatsoever yeah I mean, I guess what's it's... The, what's the CIA's direct... Brennan. Yeah, Brennan. Yeah. John Brennan. John Brennan. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's sort of process of elimination. It's like, well, we know he's not there because... Is, they... it, is it a Dr. Seuss book? <laughs> he's not in a tree. He's not a human bee. He's not uh, on his knees. And I do have to pee. Osama bin Laden is in Pakistan. <laughs> it's like, well, he told us that he was there. But since he told us that he was there under the threat of mm-hmm. interrogation, enhanced interrogation techniques, a.k.a. torture, since he told it to us under duress, then that means that he's not there or right. maybe he is there. I don't know. He could be telling the truth, but he might not be. It's time for your rectal feeding. 
I wonder if there's one one prisoner who just loved it. Mm. That's the thing. Oh that- no, you're gonna give me more. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. You just if give you would, it to me. I guarantee you, Bernie Madoff is sitting there at the fancy prison he's at, being like, mm, "Man, I miss those. <laughs> I miss those rectal feedings I used to pay Asian women to pay uh, to to uh, give me every goddamn month for hundreds of hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars." Oh, and of course, people died at the salt pit, or at least one man died at the salt right. pit. At least one, but there has to be more has to be has more to be. this guy ghoul ramen he died of uh ghoul ramen excuse I mean, me i've been getting so- a lot of guff for my pronunciation oh lately. don't listen to the guff i don't care about how you people pronounce words or how people pronounce names we are unique individuals with creative minds and we're saying the names the way that we want to say them and if that's offensive to ghoul ramon he can come back and haunt the studio <laughs> well he died of hypothermia uh, hypothermia he had been left in a cold cell stripped from the waist down and doused in water isn't cuba a tropical paradise this wasn't in cuba this was in afghanistan this was afghanistan in fact a lot, okay. most, uh, all of these, uh, a lot of the torture members that are coming out, these are all secret prisons in Afghanistan. Right, This wasn't, right. a lot of the Guantanamo Bay stuff, that's already been out, you know, right, like, right. when uh, Lindy, West, uh, what, Lindy... I forget, I know who you're talking about, yeah. and the name escapes me. Might be yes. Lindy West, I can't remember. It's not Lindy West. Yeah, I'm just thinking that because we just did the Rose and Fred West episode of last podcast on That's the right. But yeah, Lindy, whatever her name was, the uh, weird-ass woman who uh, took the weird She was picture. doing a lot of finger guns. <laughs> I remember the, the A lot of finger guns. She couldn't get enough of the finger guns. I mean, this woman was just... I would love to see pictures of her now. I guarantee you she's still doing the same finger guns, although she's not pointing at a uh, at a prisoner with a hood over his head getting electrocuted next uh, by his testicles. No, 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 no. Uh, but all that came out when uh, that happened. This is all stuff that we were doing in Afghanistan to people okay. that we were capturing, uh, I guess, Taliban people, Al-Qaeda people, right, uh, right. and torturing them on site. Uh, but yeah, this guy, uh, they, uh, that some of his, uh, torture included 48 hours of sleep deprivation, auditory overload, total darkness, isolation, a cold shower and quote unquote rough treatment. Yeah, it all sounds pretty rough to me. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that just means slapping them around. Which you're allowed to do that under the CIA's guidelines. They are allowed to slap them around a little bit. I will say it sounds like, uh, Mr. Hayden's Pornhub, uh, searches as well. (laughs) <laughs> That's what these lunatics are into. So this guy, he was, uh, and the uh, the uh, obviously the audio stimulation. It was a lot of Metallica. Yeah, it was a lot of U uh, two. Barney, Barney. Yeah, they, the they, children's they, show. I love you, you love me. They'd play that for hours on end. And they said, and even wow. the guys that, uh, because of course it's not just, I mean, the prisoners are getting the brunt of it, but it's also the soldiers, uh, or right. the CIA people. One guy said that if he hears, and he was the guy that was doing the interrogation. He said that mm-hmm. if he hears, I love you, you love me, he breaks down into tears. Well, then the woman really thinks that they're in love. <laughs> well, that's it's kind of a good trigger, I think, to have. Yeah, because women love to watch a man cry if the man is crying because he loves her so much. Oh yeah, and not it's because not, you know, yeah, he, because I mean, he horribly tortured a man. I mean, right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But don't tell her that. No, don't tell <laughs> no. Uh, the gal that. Tell her that you're crying because her eyes are just. Like like an Arctic smile. <laughs> By the way, the officer that ordered uh, Ramon to be shackled to the wall and sat on a cold floor whilst naked from the waist down, which resulted in his hypothermia, right. he, four months later, was given a $2,500 cash reward for his, quote, consistently superior work. Unbelievable. Yeah. I guess he did do a superior job. <laughs> he murdered a man. Yep. And none of these uh, interrogations uh, resulted from any this intelligence. Is, it mm-hmm. didn't result from uh, any uh, terror attacks being stopped. In fact, the whole Zero Dark Thirty thing, bullshit. Right. Zero Dark Thirty is a bullshit movie. And this is not a, uh, this is not some, you know liberal no. fantasy world some utopian where some utopian existence where everyone gets along and uh, everyone gets along and butterflies talk this is just <laughs> the reality of torture and this is why people who experienced it like John McCain who you cannot argue for one goddamn second is to the left on many issues Mm-mm. that's a man who uh, dealt with it and lived with it and had to experience the mental and physical anguish of torture and he knows firsthand that it doesn't work yeah they're gonna be saying anything i would say when i was in jail for 23 hours i would have told him that 
I would have told him that you're a murderer, Marcus. <laughs> I don't care. Get me out of here. I have no doubt that you would tell them I was a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> of course, in a heartbeat. That's the problem with all this torture stuff. I honestly would have no issue with it whatsoever if they, if every single one of these people who were getting rectally fed also sang like a canary all about every uh, terrorist attack that was occurring in the area. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then, of course, now we're releasing these people back into, uh, you know, back into the world. Gitmo just had a, a, another prison release. I forget the number, but it was up there. I mean, they're going to be super pissed. Yeah. And it's not going to end well. There's no way that these people can just go back to a normal life because also they're going back to these Muslim countries. And now that everyone knows that they were rectally fed... Mm. I don't think they're going to be seen too uh, well in the eyes of their uh, more conservative buddies when they stone women for getting raped. And now these guys are coming back with a bunch of hummus circling their butthole <laughs> like uh, like David Spade uh, in that movie Black Sheep when he was uh, caught on the side of the street by that opie looking character and they shoved a, shoved a fire extinguisher up his ass. That was pretty funny. It was very funny because it happened to <laughs> David Spade and he didn't have any government secrets. Go watch Black Sheep. Watch everything Chris Farley ever did. You get to see his decline and then watch the E. True Hollywood story and you get to see him dead. Uh, <laughs> Not not a victim of torture, though. I mean, mental torture. Yeah. And self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. Yeah. All right. So what are the other things that happened here with the torture report? Any other specifics? I mean, uh, other, sleep deprivation, right. of course. Uh, stress positions. Very, very... You know, again, with the last podcast on the left, always in the back of our heads, and it sort of jaded our perspective on human behavior. It's this is a serial killer tactics. This yeah. is this is the wedding tape killer. Yeah, this is Fred West. You know, this is what everybody does. I mean, granted, they weren't trying to get information from people, but they were certainly trying to get something from them. Mm -hmm. You know, that this is just human sociopathy psychopathic behavior that is just it's been around forever it's uh, i and mean we're supposed to be better and you know this is true george w bush and dick cheney ashcroft and rumsfeld and uh even condoleezza rice there are there, there's already countries uh who have uh put out arrest warrants for them yeah i mean they broke international law they can't they can't go to canada mm. there are places that have promised to arrest them on site which is insane yeah to think about a former leader of the united states is seen by the rest of the world the way that we saw osama bin laden and they cannot leave this country because if they do they will be arrested for war crimes and in our country, we have rewarded them with television spots, with money, book deals, whatever they want. Dick Cheney's on his third fucking heart. That man should have been turned down. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what's so crazy. These are true international war villains. And we just harbor them. So I mean, you, I mean, I was talking to Marcus before. I mean, this is—it it seems it's—it's it's Nazi, Nazi-esque, not to make the comparison. Um, you know, it's not that's you know extreme, um, but it is. I mean, they these—it was terrible. I mean, some could you could almost—it's insane to have a president that can't go across a president that can't go over to to uh, to any country in the world. Yeah, they can't go over to Switzerland. I forget the—I think it was Malaysia, one of these countries. Um, already, you know, was like if they step foot here. They're arrested. I mean, that's nuts. Those are the only politicians that I can think of that, uh, you know, are considered war criminals. I mean, as far as American politicians? Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. nuts. Absolutely. Good God. It's crazy. Either way. So that's the terror report. Very interesting. The spending bill. And uh, one last story. This story, <laughs> let's go back to Wisconsin. Let's pop it up a little bit. Let's Come pop on. it up. Let's pop it. Let's forget about our war criminal past presidents and administrations. And let's just go to a funny story by the one and only Scott Walker from Wisconsin, the man whose ears are so big, they make his head look small. So Scott Walker got an email from one of his Jewish constituents in Milwaukee. Right. And Very when you say one of... The one. The one, yes, the one yes. Jewish constituent in Milwaukee. Very, very, very nice letter. He right. uh, A very simple request just saying, hey, 
Do you think that maybe we could get a menorah at the state house to celebrate Hanukkah during the holiday season? And originally Scott Walker's like, well, marijuana is illegal, right, AIDS? And he said, no, it's menorah. It's menorah. No, it's not marijuana. No, menorah. It's a Jewish. It's a Jewish thing. And so Scott Walker, being a very gracious and open man as far as religion goes, (laughs) he wrote back. He said, yes, we would be happy to display the menorah celebrating the eight days of Hanukkah here at the courthouse. Thank you again. And Molotov. (laughs) (laughs) Sincerely, Scott Walker. (laughs) Molotov. Molotov. And, you know, and I guess a partial... For those that don't get... It's Mazel Tov. Ma, it's he's mazel trying tov. to say Mazel Tov. He's trying to say Mazel and he Tov. He says Molotov, <laughs> which is very different. Very different. Very different. One is a uh, Jewish greeting of uh, kind wishes and good health. Sure. Uh, the other is indicative of uh, extreme a- violence, fire, and death. Right. A cocktail that might burn down a business. <laughs> Mol- Molotov. So, and he's blaming it on a possible autocorrect. That he was writing it okay. in Microsoft where he's like, well, it might have autocorrected. Uh, I but- love, by the way, okay, I'm just going to say this. Skywalker ran on a platform of confronting big government spending mm-hmm. and changing the way the government works. This guy can't even stand up to autocorrect. <laughs> this can't. This guy can't tell autocorrect that it's wrong. Yeah. That's, how weak do you have to be? Well, Microsoft Word doesn't have autocorrect. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. But if you type in the phonetic spelling of Mazeltov, which is M O Z O L T O V, the uh, it's actually spelled M A Z E L space T O V. If you type in the phonetic spelling, it does suggest Molotov as an alternate spelling. So oh, right. that means that Scott Walker typed out Mazeltov how he thought it would be spelled. Maybe even correctly. Maybe even correctly. Maybe even. But yes, he typed it out how he thought it would be spelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft Word suggested Molotov instead, and he went with Microsoft Word. Microsoft Word because he doesn't have a brain. <laughs> You got to go with your gut sometimes, Walker. Or Google. Just look at Molotov and you think, you know what? That doesn't look right. I know that... I know what a Molotov cocktail is. Right. You should know what a Molotov... Anyone who has read six books... Let's right. just say six books in sure. your entire life. Why not? You're going to come across a Molotov cocktail somewhere. Yeah. But if one of those books is, uh, what is it? The, the Anarchist uh, the, Cookbook. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Which is one of the six books that I've read. That's Well, you're, you're actually a, a large reader. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that email was sent 10 years ago. So it, it's a yeah. little bit old news, but it's just uh, very funny. It's coming out now. Ma- Mazel Tov. Oh, you Molotov. know what is Scott Walker's up to this week? What? We're getting full circle. Uh-oh. He's going to Las Vegas. To attend a dinner hosted by Sheldon Adelson. <laughs> Unbelievable. Isn't that something? Breaking news. We're just finding out about it now. So he's going to get 10 times what Newt Gingrich got in 2012. Sheldon Adelson looks to be supporting Scott Walker, huh? It looks like it. Looks Scott, like it. Scott's going down there. Yeah. Alms for the poor. Alms <laughs> for the poor. Going down there and begging. Oh, that's yeah. unbelievable. What a putz. He's a he is one of those if there was just a viable option on the left in Wisconsin, it would be so easy to unseat him, but they keep on putting up these goddamn pathetic weenies <sighs> who have no ability to communicate with anyone, and that's why Scott Walker can win. Politics are very easy. Just make people like you. It's one oh one, it's eighth grade, it's kindergarten, it's every single thing you've ever had to do with your life. Make people like you, and then you get elected. And Scott Walker made enough people like him because there's enough people like him who are equally douchey who think that uh, his ears are sympathetic. Mm-hmm. He's a real Dumbo-looking kind of guy. All right, everyone. Well, that's the show. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Let us know what you think. Go to the Cave Comedy Radio page, the Ablingans Top Hat page, or, hell, wherever you want to reach out to us, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, I believe that that's it, of course. Uh, oh, rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, let's get some more iTunes things out there. That would be great. Yeah, it helps us get noticed. Uh, very good. All right, everyone. And maybe we can try to get in the top 100 or something like that. That'd be fucking great. That'd be incredible. That's That'll be the mission for the week. Um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.